Welcome. It's Give Me Some Truth. It's the Christmas version. We're starting out with, uh, this is Clint's categorical Christmas. This is my favorite Christmas song right here. It's just wonderful. It's it's everything everything that Christmas is right here. It's it's multicultural. It's a little campy. It's it's just upbeat. Puts a smile on your face. And so that's going to be my Christmas song this year. I I think that uh, it's very fitting. Uh, we're going to have a bunch of our staff come in, and they're going to give their categories of Christmas songs and feature some some things. Uh, we're going to hear from from Keith later, who has a, a great one. And uh, and Dan, you're joining me here today. First He's, time on the podcast, too. That's true. He has the best podcast voice out of anybody in the, in the entire office. And uh, he's he really put this together. And uh, so he's going to do all the editing. And uh, he's come with a Christmas song of his own and his own category. Do you want to start with a category first, or do you want to play it first and then uh, and then give us your category? I think it's it's best left unsaid at first, and then we can go into the category after, just to give people a taste of it, let their their minds wander a little bit, and then jump into the category. So I'll just I'll play it now. Let's do then, it, and then we can hear the category afterward. Okay, so here we go. <laughs> It's Dominic the donkey, jingity jing, the Italian Christmas donkey. La 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 So to preface this, the first time I ever heard this song was in college at my sophomore year. That was before the days of, of Spotify's algorithm, I think, when they served you music based on other things you were listening to. At least that's my recollection of it anyway. But I couldn't tell you how I heard the song the first time. All I know is I heard it and I immediately fell in love with it as a Christmas song. And the category, do you want to take a guess, Clint, at, at my category? I, you may already know it from looking at the document we prepared ahead of time. Well, it's got a little bit of camp to it, but I I, I don't know what the exact category would be. But I, I would say that if it... If it went with a movie, I would go uh, Quentin, Quentin Tarantino movie. Like that, really? That's, yes. Like right before some sort of like awful death scene or right after, you know, as they're like cleaning up the blood or something like that, all of a sudden they'd be playing this song. I could see that. That almost makes me want to change the category, just, just hearing that explanation from you. But my category that I slotted that one into was quirkiest Christmas song, just because I think it just, it just stands out to me as one of those that, you're not going to hear on the radio very often, and it's really going to take a deep dive on Spotify or YouTube or something to produce something of, of this ilk. So that's that's kind of how I gravitated toward a category for this one, just because it's so out there compared to... I usually listen to class, you know, the Michael Bublé's of the world, the Nat King Coles, and this one just does not fit into one of those silos as you would expect a, a different type of Christmas song. It's an algorithm-free Christmas song. Exactly. Yeah, that could be a category in and of, in and of itself. Um, I would also say that uh, if you if the algorithm did pick you up on this one, I want to listen to the rest of your list. You know, if if it picked you up, if this was one of the ones that I thought you would like, I would be I would love to see your playlist. I'm just gonna do a quick quick little search here. I'm gonna go to Spotify Radio off this song and see what we get. I like right. that. Do you want to know what the first song after this one is? On yes, I do. Spotify? Well, now why why don't you play it? 
there you go. Fair enough. And by the way, we're, we're playing all this under fair use, I think. So, you know, it's just... This is transformative. <laughs> yes. Here we go. King to see Do you feel like those go well together? I think the algorithm already knows too much about me as it is, and, and they're already serving those songs based on what I listen to from other Christmas music, maybe. The algorithm is strong. That's true. Because there are a lot of good Christmas songs on this on this radio based off Dominic the Donkey, so I'm a little bit nervous about Spotify's algorithm Little drummer boy version I've ever heard. But You've never heard that version? No. Really? I have not. See, I'm I'm an Apple Music guy. Maybe maybe the uh, Apple Music algorithm doesn't get me that way, but uh, and also my my wife listens to a whole bunch of my own Apple Music uh, because we share you know an account, and so she likes country. So I get a lot of my country algorithm is strong. Uh, so I think I'd stay away from that uh, more so. So uh, thank you for your contribution there, Dan. That was excellent, and uh, we're gonna move on to some of the other staff members here giving their own categorical Christmas songs. Well, hello, Keith. Thanks for joining Hi, us. Yeah, uh, my pleasure. I'm calling you from my uh, my my lair. So, um, you know, quarantining for Christmas. Keith's That's, quarantine uh, Christmas. Exactly. Um, usually, I think you're gonna, you're going to have the the folks introduce. You know, because we're doing the categorical Christmas, you're going to have people introduce what their their category of Christmas songs is, but. Uh, I feel like I, you know, people should be able to guess it. I agree with you. Um, here we go, Dan. Let's let's give this a little shot here, and uh, and it starts out starts out. It's a banger. I'll tell you that much. It was Christmas Eve, babe, in the drunk tank. An old man said to me, Won't see another one. Let me see. Beats per minute. Four. Is that, is that hovering right, right around three to four? I, I think this was, uh, this was quite popular at Braves, would be my guess. Um, I don't know if this you know, ever was popular. Uh, you're wrong there. So, uh, you know, let me just say. This, that we're listening to uh, Fairytale of New York by the Pogues and the late Christy McCall. Uh, and it's, it's spent 109 weeks on the official Irish uh, singles card chart, appearing in 17 separate years. It also appears uh, on the Christmas charts in the UK as well. Um, so what I'm trying to say is it's, quite quite popular you're saying it's exceedingly popular although i would say one thing i have listened to a ton of christmas music uh this year uh especially because you know my kids are really into the season this year and i would say that this song has appeared on zero lists that i've listened to thus far so i don't know most depressing christmas songs in history uh it's it's got to be top one uh, you know, uh, Hannah tries to make a, uh, an argument for the Vandals, 
uh, Oi to the Season, and, uh, you know, the uh, they have a song, uh, Hang Myself from the Christmas Tree. I feel like that one is too obvious, and it doesn't have the, first of all, you know, it doesn't have, if you've seen the video, the video is, is a thing of beauty. Um, and you'll see that the lead singer of the Pogues, um, uh, he, he, he needs some dental work and, um, it, it just adds to, you know, Shane McGowan's lack of, of teeth add to the appeal. Um, and then just the line, it's Christmas Eve in the drunk tank and the guy next to him saying, I won't see another one. You're just, and that sound, and then when you mix it in with the, the general Irish balladry of, of the Pokes, you're just not going to find anything sadder than that. And uh, it's been a Christmas tradition now for several years where every Christmas Eve I, I forward that along to my nearest and dearest uh, for them to enjoy. Um, because it is a fantastic song, I have to say. Even though it's terribly depressing, uh, it is a fantastic, fantastic Christmas song. Along or the just song of, in general. Along the lines of depressing, can you just give us a narrative arc of of where this goes? I mean, we heard the there, first part about Drunk Tank, but I would really love to know the full story, if you will. Uh, well, so it goes back in time to when this couple first met, the babe of the title, and, uh, you know, life was good in New York. Uh, and the NYPD choir was singing Galway Bay, is one of the lines about how cheery and wonderful everything is. Uh, and, you know, then it, it denigrates. In fact, they've uh, censored uh, the song on, uh, on the BBC because it uses a couple of words that may have been acceptable at the time but are no longer acceptable, uh, including a gay slur. So be forewarned if you, if you bring this up and don't get the censored version. Um, and, uh, it's, uh, it, and it just tracks the, the kind of uh, falling away and yet, the man's longing, even though he's in this terrible relationship and in the drunk tank for a better, a better Christmas Eve at some point in the future, even though, you know, it's not going to happen. I find Keith giving us his commentary on this is so um, depressing and enlightening at the same time. And it makes me happy that, uh, that Keith has participated in this very important categorical Christmas. So thank you very much for your efforts, Keith and uh, good work. Good work. Yeah. Well, and I, I think of all the songs, uh, this should be the one that people, you know, uh, uh, include in their Christmas listening. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's beautiful. Uh, uh, BBC, we'll by the way, agree to disagree uh, on that one, but <laughs> the, uh, this is, uh, you know what? Uh, I'm gonna, just because of that, I'm going to blast it in my house all by myself. So there you go. It is a perfect quarantine Christmas song. I agree with you there. And uh, thank you for participating, my friend. Now, this one I'm looking forward to because, um, you know, we've we got two new guys, uh, San and Sil, uh, from the expat team. And uh, Sil is coming in with his Christmas song. And I don't really know what to expect here because, um, you know, I know that he's got a very global look at things. So, uh, still a little bit about uh, your Christmas song. Yeah, so this is a, a song called Michaud Veillet, and uh, it's a typical Christmas song from the French Caribbean islands. Uh, it's actually sang in, in French Creole, 
And um, yeah, it's just a, a, a real Christmas classic from that part of the world. Um, it's a fun song that, you know, everybody can sing along around, around the dinner table. Now, before we start the song, what, what is a typical Christmas season like? How does it differ from here? Um, <laughs> uh, well, it's uh, a lot sunnier, a lot warmer, um, but surprisingly, a lot of, uh, a lot of the, 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 the food and all of that is, uh, is the same, you know, a lot of, um, Christmas hams and stuff like that. And, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, singing and, and and dancing and some rum, and uh, that's about it. Rum and gingerbread houses, <laughs> it's just all good. All right, Dan, let's let's play this. I'm intrigued. It's festive. What do you think, Dan? I think when we go back to Feliz Navidad from you, I mean, it kind of connects in similar wavelengths as that song does, but it just has a good feel to it. I think there, it samples another Christmas song at the beginning, doesn't it? There, Did you I don't know that it was. There was something familiar about the the initial part of that song that sounded like another Christmas song. I would Maybe call it. Like, I would call it very like yeah. If it didn't. If it wasn't sampled, it rhymed. You know, it definitely had that Christmas feel to it. You know, I could see Sill as a young boy running around grass skirt and, uh, <laughs> you know, having a great time. You know, that's it's great. It's perfect Christmas. So thank you for sharing, Sill. I appreciate it. Now, coming off of Sill, I would say that's a non-traditional uh, Christmas song if you're talking about the States. Um kind of a global Christmas song, you know, a good category there. Uh, but moving on from that, now we've got John in the booth. And, uh, you know, let's let's go with something a little bit more saccharine, uh, a little bit more maybe perhaps nauseating, uh, maybe a couple other emotions. What, what would you say, John? Well, I, I went with nauseating, um, slashy, overplayed, slashy, um, kind of annoying but and and I have my reasons for the song that I selected, and it's it's none other than Mariah Carey's uh, you know worldwide hit, "All I Want for Christmas," and uh, it's definitely the song that uh, when when I hear it, I know that this girl can sing. I mean, she can she can you know sing the phone book, but nobody else that listens to it can sing it like she does, and they all try. And right there and then, you know, immediately you're going to be annoyed by that song. But then it's just everywhere you go. I mean, you go to the mall. All I want for Christmas is playing. You get in your car and you're like, I got away from it. And the radio station changes over and it's just played everywhere. And it just gets to the point where I'm like, you know, right, Carrie, that's not what you want for Christmas. Maybe it was 20 years ago when, when you recorded it. But nowadays, like, you've got everything you need. So I would say uh, Mariah Carey, National Treasure and uh, Christmas Hall of Famer. That's what I would say. And, you know, I understand what you're saying there. And I will say... That come December 26th, I'm turning it off. Yeah, like, we're it, done. There's no it. way. I'm done. Like, the second that midnight hits on the 26th, you're done. I mean, it was it was a real close toss-up between Christmas shoes and 
Uh, you know, songs that just, I, as soon as I hear it, I'm just like, oh no, not, not again. But, but no, this definitely, you know, I think people out there will agree with me. You know, all I want for Christmas is just, it's just nauseating. It's, it's not another Mariah Carey song. Okay, I got exactly. you. Perfect. There's, there's a lot better ones out there. So <laughs> which are, which are, well, the good ones, you know, if you think of, well, uh, Bing Crosby and David Bowie's Little Drummer Boy. You know, every time you hear that, just, you know. Clint just heard that for the first time 20 minutes ago. He had so. never. That's such, it's such a great song. The collaboration on the video. They got, you know, the older Bing Crosby. I mean, David Bowie's gone as well, but I mean, they kind of layer each other. It's beautiful. It's, it's a great amalgamation of talented singers coming together and singing a beautiful song about a little drummer boy. <laughs> <laughs> For me, Little Drummer Boy is one of those, like, I, I don't want the rock star singing it. You know, it, there's some of the, like, more, I would call, like, church-oriented songs, and I would call, I would put Little Drummer Boy, even though it's not really a, a church-oriented song, one of those where I don't want the rock star singing it. I want it as standard as possible. That's right. I mean, it was... Bing Crosby was a rock star. I'm not going to lie, but he, I thought I thought they both did a good job on that. I will say I'm pretty partial to Bob Seger's version of Little Drummer Boy. I mean, if we're talking about an overproduced version of the hit, that one has got to be at the top of your list because he just he knocks it out of the park for me at least. Yeah. That's great. So I'm a, I'm a different there. Well, John, thanks for your uh, saccharine, overplayed Mariah Carey and and your personal thoughts about her. Appreciate yeah. that. No, my pleasure. You guys enjoy. Okay, so, you know, John finishes with that, and all of a sudden, Hannah comes just running in here, and she's just ready to go here to give her uh, Christmas take here. But I, I said, what kind of song do you want me to cue up for you? And uh, she said none. So, Hannah, what do you got? Well, first of all, I, I didn't run in here. I confidently strolled. And um, what I have for you is a rebuttal to John's opinion in song form. Oh, you're going you're gonna to sing for us. Oh, yeah, yes. Um this is the debut of my, my personalized cover of Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas. Please do. Okay. Here it goes. Bear with me. I don't want John's opinion. That is one thing I don't need. This song is a freaking classic. Mariah's the Christmas queen. You leave Mariah alone or we're gonna pick a bone. Do your own paperwork. Wait, what's this next one that I wrote? Oh, yeah. <laughs> she sings notes you're too old to hear. <laughs> that is wonderful. Yeah. And, well, I think accurate, though, too. You know, John, John, uh, I think he's missing something there, you know? It's, it's a classic. It's the only reason to watch Love Actually. <laughs> Otherwise, you're just watching a movie where a bunch of old dudes, um, like, I don't know, take advantage of young women who work for them. <laughs> That's literally the plot of Love Actually, except for the song with the children. She's an American treasure, and I think your song was a good rebuttal and uh, a fine example of why Mariah is such a treasure. Yeah, and a, a, good, uh, a good lesson that everyone should do vocal warm-ups. And um, not drink a bunch of coffee over the course of the day, or else uh, you know they're going to be a little pitchy. I, I think you did great. I, you know what? It's the I think it's the content rather than the uh, form this time. You know. Very true. Yeah. yeah. Very true. Well, thank you, Hannah. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Thank you. Dan, I had to. I had to like 
I had to sit there and, and recover from that for a second. Um, thank you to Hannah for writing a verse, and she sang on the mic. I think the first person ever to sing on the podcast. And uh, I don't know. What do you think about that? We're breaking through a lot of barriers today. Not only is my first podcast, first singing guest in the podcast, I don't know what's next after this. We probably should just stop now to avoid too many firsts for one day. <laughs> I don't know whether we're going to bleep that or not. If it did get bleeped, there you go. You're welcome. And if it didn't get bleeped, uh, sorry. You know, that's just something just happened there. So Merry Christmas to all. Um, let's let's go find uh, let's go find another uh, another guest. All right, coming off the heels of that, uh, Mitch. Let's let's talk about this. I'm I'm intrigued on this one. Um, you know, as far as a, a category goes, you came up with the category of cinematic, which I kind of like. Um, and I, I'd say that. You know, it's cinematic, it's kind of standard, uh, but I love it. Uh, and it's also kind of local. So you explained uh, to me prior to going on here that you're not the biggest Christmas song fan, although uh, this artist has gotten you a bit more in the, in the swing of things. Yes. So for one, I'll, I'll say I can hardly even define what cinematic means, but I heard my wife use that word to describe this music. So that's what we're going with. Yeah. So Tommy Prophet is the name of this guy who did the album. And, and I, I don't know if he's an artist or producer, what he is, but he got a bunch of relatively popular people, I want to say, and put this cinematic album together. So a lot of it is are some of the songs that we may have known from church growing up around Christmas time, let's say. So Joy to the World, Oh Holy Night, those kind of things. And the, Tommy actually played piano at my wedding. So there's a connection back to to Michigan, where I'm from, with Tommy. So what, what song are we playing here, Dan slash Clint? Well, why don't we just find out together? Let's do it. Ooh. I hope it's cinematic. I don't, I don't need to sing along, do I? Ooh. Here we go. You said a lot of subscribers, Dan, huh? 600,000 on YouTube. I hope you paid him good money for that wedding. <laughs> or was this before he was I think we big? got a, a steal. Yeah, it was, it was before he made it. We'll put it that way. Cinematic, for sure. This is wonderful. It's like it's for a movie trailer or something, right? I feel like we're about to watch a Christmas with Chris Angel or something. <laughs> well, I have that on. I don't know. That's just where I go. Good stuff, Mitch. Not good bad. choice, buddy. I I also like okay. the We Three Kings choice. I you know that's it's like I said, it's a standard, but it's it's a really good song. You know, I, yeah. I think it's under underrated. Yeah, and and one name that you might not expect to see on on Tommy's latest album here is Avril Lavigne. Avril Lavigne did one of the songs with him. Wow. Which I thought was kind of a throwback. I actually saw her in concert when she was just, just before she was blowing up, there was a, a bar that I was a bar back at, at the time. Uh, that's why when I was just beginning my financial advising career, um, nothing says a successful financial advisor, like a part-time bar back. And, uh, yeah, I saw Avril Lavigne and, and, uh, she was actually wonderful. 
Nice. So, was that Skater Boy days? It, or what it was, was that? yes. That was just as that song was breaking. So a little fun fact there in this, uh, in this Christmas montage that we have. So, well, Mitch, thank you very much for uh, giving us your song. That was a good one. All right, Nate. I, I think this is going to be pretty interesting because, um, you know, this isn't exactly the direction that I thought you were going to take. Uh, so, uh, you know, category, I would say that it's a longer category. It, the category here is um, – you know, beautiful song that um, kind of sounds a little bit uh, cultish and um, a little creepy. So that's good. Uh, Dan, uh, before we, we hear Nate's comments on this, let's, let's roll this song. Nate, do you turn this off, like right when you hear it? Well, no, I, I don't because I'm, I'm, I strangely hate it and I'm drawn to it at, at the same time. So, like, I, I get, what happens is I listen to it for like 15, 20 seconds and then I violently turn it off because <laughs> it's like, okay, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, and then I turn it off, you know, because it's, I always think that I'm going to like it more than, than, you know, I actually do when I hear it. Like somebody says, oh, Carol of the Bells. I'm like, oh, I kind of like that. And then I hear it and I'm like, no, I don't. Nope, I don't like this at all. I think I it's would not- like it if I saw it in person, you know, because you, see, you right. see all the people doing it. You know, it's that kind of almost the barbershop quartet sort of thing on it. And you get to see all these different things going, happening. But if you just hear it, I right. tend to agree. A little creepy. Yeah. It, it, it's basically like Taco Bell is what it is. Like the thought of it is like way, way better than the actual like thing itself. When you're like, oh, that sounds good. And then you listen to it and you're like, mm, nope, nope, that's actually not good. So when you get the 10 pack, is it, do you go half and half? I, my, I, and I haven't eaten a Taco Bell in so long, but I tend to go with the Taco Supremes. Got to. That yes. tends to be the, uh, the you know, the, 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 the choice the menu choice that I tend to stick with. Like, I, I, I don't know. I can't tell you the last time that I ventured away from that order. Um, like the Gordita Crunch, I have no idea what that is. It's I, very I, good I, I is what that is. It's good? It's so good. But That's you're my younger, only thing I order in Taco so Bell. So, of course, like, <laughs> you're a younger guy. So, of course, like, you, you haven't, like, you know it's still good for you. Like you can wear it out. And that's what I think happens. Like my wife totally wore out the nacho. What is it? Nachos Belgrande. Yeah. And like just wore it out. And then it was like, Nope, not anymore. That's, you know, well, everything's wrapped in different ways now and everything. I'm, I'm with you, Nate taco Supreme all the way half and half. So half, half hard, half, half soft. And then uh, fire sauce. Right. I'm gonna have to leave the podcast. I'm too hungry right now. This sounds so good. So you're telling me I should try a gordita crunch? You yeah, absolutely should. I think I it's on like the seven or eight wonders of the world list. I think. Oh gosh, it's the that's eighth crazy. wonder. But it's 
I would say it is my favorite thing to eat from Taco Bell outside of the Crunchwrap Supreme. Oh, also very okay. good. But I will not right. touch a five layer burrito. I can't do the the weird nacho <laughs> cheese with the the combination texture of that and the refried beans. Just doesn't do it for me. So not so much. That's the one thing I won't eat from Taco Bell. I would figure right. being Dan's age too, he's probably like one of those Mountain Dew weird flavor guys too. Like he's oh, the yeah. Baja Blast. Absolutely. The Baja I know Blast. a professional hockey goaltender who's loved Baja Blast more than life itself. And yet he was still an elite See. athlete somehow. I don't know. See, Nate Baja and I, Blast. a standard Mountain Dew, standard Taco Supreme. It's just, it's fastball down the middle. Sometimes it's just great for a reason. Well, this, this, the Baja Blast is this generation's version of, uh, of the Orange High C at uh, McDonald's. It's true. So that, good. that they don't so have good. anymore. You know, so that, that's, this is just taking that over, you know, because that, that was phenomenal back in the day. But no, I, uh, okay, all right, back to it because, you know, we're, we're uh, you know, on the Christmas songs. But no, the Cure All the Bells, man, it's, it's taunted and haunted me for, uh, for years, you know, and so it, it has a cultish feel to it. It has a chant to it that's like, I mean, maybe another Christmas song that has like a, like almost like a violent chant to it. Like it's just, it's just hot. And I can't, the thing it's is like I can't. an outlier. It's such an outlier. There you go. Hit the nail on the head. Categorical Christmas. That's, that's it. 